Good night. Good to see everybody. I have not. Y'all have grown up. That's great. Thank you so much for, for letting me be here today, especially me and my wife. I can't tell you how much this is a godsend for us uh, to be back, to see old friends, uh, to get reacquainted, to, to just uh, get away from our location for a while. Uh, you just hopefully by then you'll know that this has been a godsend, and I want to thank this church for letting me spend two and a half, three years uh, here as youth minister. Uh, as I look back, I want to thank Jared for all the good things he said. And uh, as I look back, I was 27, 28 years old, and and now we're hiring 27, 28, 26 year olds to be on staff at our church. And I'm thinking, good Lord. Please tell me I wasn't like that, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, who knew everything right and uh, their way is the right way. And uh, whoo, forgive me, Lord. Amen. And uh, and so I want to thank you for the grace that you've shown me uh, to let me grow up. And we have changed. Uh, we have changed a lot in the last nine years. And uh, And we have a picture. I want to show you my family, if I could. All right, there, there. Can you see that well? You can't see that well. We have four kids. Uh, Jackson, there they are. Jackson's on the right. Uh, Reagan is the one next to him. Myra and Kennedy and Davis. All right. And so they have radically changed our lives and our parenting uh, and just learning all new things about kids. And uh, the great thing about kids is when I go to Egypt, we have adopted Cairo, Egypt as our where we want to plant churches and, and all that. When I go, I am, I am revered, all right? I am a godly man. God has blessed me. I have four children, all right? And when I get home to Alabama, people are like, come here. Do you, do you know how that happens? You know? <laughs> do you know how that happens? Are you sure of how all the kids come about? And, uh, but we are very excited about our four kids. And uh, right now, they are with Nana. Uh, they were supposed to come with us, uh, but my mom offered uh, to take them to the beach, and we're like, heck yeah, you know. <laughs> we would love that. And so we have had a weekend. We left Wednesday, and we went through Greenville, went to Wake Forest, and now we're here in Nightdale. Just me and her. I told our church it was the second honeymoon. And so we've had a great time, and, uh, and we're glad to be here this morning. And today I, I want to share with you uh, for Romans 8, if you would, I'm in Romans 8. We're going to be in verses 1 through 11. And today, I just want to share with you what's going on in my heart, what's been going on in my life, what God has been teaching me, um, because it, it is a journey that we're all on. I got saved when I was 13 years old, uh, accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. Uh, I didn't understand the Lord part, uh, but I understood the Savior part, right? Uh, at 13, I understood that if I accepted him, I was going to heaven and not hell, and that was the extent of it, right? Everybody there? Uh, and a lot of times, that's, that's all we need to understand. Uh, but as I've grown, uh, my journey with Christ has been three steps forward, two steps back. And I hope that you can relate to that, that there have been good days, there have been bad days. Uh, there have been days that I felt really close to the Lord, and there have been days that I haven't felt really close to the Lord. And I think part of that is ingrained in our system. Part of that's ingrained in, in, in our culture that, that deep within us, we know there is a God. And I think Romans 1 speaks to that, that everyone here knows that there is a God. Matter of fact, in Proverbs it says, 
uh, it's a fool who says there is no God. And so we all know that there, there is this God. And if there is this God, then somehow, way, he must have a set of rules, a set of rituals, a set of, of standards uh, in order that, that are there. In order for us to get to him, we must keep. And, and we try really hard to keep those standards. We try really hard to keep those laws. But if you're honest with yourself, most of us fall short on a daily basis, right? And, and that's what it means that we've all sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. Uh, but at the same time, we, we still try. There's something within us that just loves to try. And we want to try uh, to do the rules. We want to try to do the rituals. We want to try to do the laws. And on the days that we do good, we think that God puts a star by our name, right? Hey, good job, man. You're, you're the best ever, right? And, and then days that we do bad, we, we think he takes that star away. And he's like, man, you really stunk it up today. What were you thinking, you know? And, and so he kind of removes that star. And we always live, I feel, with this sense of, of condemnation. This sense that there, if there is a God, that he has all of these rules, all of these rituals, all of these things, and somehow, way, I don't measure up. But within our system, within our bent, there is, a, there is an attempt in all of us to try to work our way, to earn our way, uh, to be in a right relationship with Christ. And, and the problem with that is that the rules, what are the rules? And if we were to do a survey today here in North Carolina, uh, we would probably come up with all kind of different rules. These are the rules. These are what God thinks is important. And they would all be different. And if you were to go to South Alabama, where I'm at, I'm in Ashford, Alabama. Uh, that's in the southeast corner. Uh, if you look at the map, you see Alabama, Georgia, Florida, right there in that corner. That's where we're at. And if you were to go there today and say, what are the rules? They would make a whole set of different rules. And, and we can't even agree on the rules to what it is to be in a right relationship with God. So I think a lot of times there are people, even followers of Christ even who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, walk around with this sense of just condemnation. That, yeah, I know I'm going to heaven. Yeah, I know I said the prayer. Yeah, I know I walked through the waters and was baptized. But for some reason, I'm not enjoying the abundant life that God has promised. And today, there's some of you that are like that. You're not enjoying the abundant life that God has promised. Jesus said, hey, I've come to give you life and give it to you abundantly that you can have this rich, meaningful experience called life. And today, as I look around in our churches, I think a lot of us fall way, way short. And I think the problem with that is that, that we have trying to keep the rules, trying to keep the rules. And today, you're, you're here. And you're going to hear this sermon. And some of you are going to respond. Some of you are going to act on it. But some of you are going to go right back into your routine tomorrow. And you're going to try to live up to the rules try to live up to the law, try to perform, try to earn, try to make God put a star by your name and like you deserve it. And, 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 and there's just no life in that whatsoever. And so God has really been working in my heart and working in our church's life uh, to really know that, that what we do on Sunday and what we say on Sunday should impact every decision that I make Monday through Saturday. And that it should impact the way I, I treat my wife. It should impact the way I raise my kids. It should impact the way 
uh, I raise, uh, handle our finances. It should impact the way I treat my neighbors. It should impact the way I, I treat my government, you know, and, and, and the way that I pray for my government and the way that I pray for our president and your governor or whoever. And it should impact everything about our life. But I find in our churches today, there is a huge, huge disconnect between Sunday and Monday. And so today, my goal here is that, that we will leave here. We will leave here what it knows to walk in the Spirit. That we will learn to walk according to the Holy Spirit every day. Because I believe the Holy Spirit, if you're a follower of Christ, is available to you every single day. And so let's read there in Romans 1. And I'm just going to read verses 1 through 4. And I'm going to share the first point and then work through it like that. And here it is. And if you haven't read Romans 8, this is, this is the bomb, all right? This is a great, great passage. Here it is. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And so hopefully you all got an outline. Everybody got an outline in your little bulletin there? All right, everybody got one? Yeah, this accountability. Everybody hold it up, all right? Yes, all right, here we go. The first thing, if we're going to learn to walk in the spirit every single day of our life, the first thing that we have to recognize and understand is that my past is forgiven. I don't know about you, but that's good news. That's good news. Some of you are here today and you're struggling with your past and you're struggling with your issues and you're struggling with all this emotional baggage that you carry around day to day thinking, how can God forgive me? How can God save me? How can God ever forgive this? And the great, great news today is that when you become a follower of Christ, your past is forgiven. I read this story, a fellow pastor of mine got this um, note and he said, uh, here's what the letter said. He says, I'm 31 years old and divorced. Though I fought the divorce bitterly, I, I feel badly. I have no hope for my future. Often I go home and cry, but there's no one holding me when I cry. Nobody cares. Nothing changes and I continue to fail. I'm stressed out emotionally and I feel I'm on the verge of a collapse. Something is very wrong. But I feel so hurt and embittered that I can scarcely react or relate to others anymore. I feel as if I'm going to have to sit out the rest of my life in the penalty box. Some of you feel that way this morning. You know, you're going to feel like you're in the penalty box the rest of your life for what happened 10 years ago, for what happened 20 years ago, for what happened, you know, when you were a teenager. And you just feel this, this huge guilt and the great, great news today. If you're a follower of Christ in Romans 8, 1, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but that's freeing to me. That's freeing to me. That, that 1 John 1, 9 says, if I will confess my sins, uh, that he is faithful and just to do what? Forgive me. He, he removes it as far as the east is from the west. He, 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 it's not there. And, and I think today we've got to understand that when I wake up in the morning, tomorrow's a new day. 
Today, when you woke up, today is a new day. And His grace and His mercies, they're brand new every single day. Isn't that good? That is great, great news for you. That's great, great news for me that our past, our past is forgiven. And, and I relate this a lot to children now. Um, a couple of months back, well, actually, the fall, maybe how time flies, um, our dryer stopped working, all right? And it wouldn't work. We felt like it was the element. We felt like we didn't know what was wrong. And, and my wife was asking me, what do I do, what I'm doing? I'm like, you're asking me, right? I have no mechanical gifts whatsoever. So she called her dad, and her dad said, well, do all this and do all that. So she unplugged the dryer, which was a great, great thing. And, yeah. and what happened is, is that she started messing around and the uh, filter thing. What's that thing that goes out and takes all the air out? Yeah, whatever it is. She undid it and water came pouring out of that all into our dryer, all into our washroom, where our, our laundry room. Water just, just came pouring out of that little white thing. that You know what I'm talking about? Dryer vent. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> could not get the word. Uh, dryer vent, and the water just came pouring out of, of all onto the laundry room. If, you know, some of you are like crazy, and you're, you're thinking, are you sure that wasn't the washing machine? No, it was the dryer. You know, it was the dryer, and we were all, we didn't know where the water came from. We, we didn't have a clue. And then one day, we were walking by, and, and our little son Davis, he was outside, and he had a water hose. <laughs> all right? And not long after that, I saw him sticking that water hose up my muffler and turning on the water. And he had stuck that hose up the dryer vent from the outside and just cranked the water up, you know. Yeah, yeah, isn't that something? Yeah, that's our, that's our joy, amen. And, uh, <laughs> something we face on a day-to-day basis. It's good that he went with Nana, all right? And I'm thinking, I am banding him from the Thorpe family. You know? He's out. We're kicking him out. He's no longer in this family. We packed his bags, put him on the street. Did we do that? No. Yeah. (laughs) No, of course not. We didn't do that. He didn't know the rules. He didn't know that he was not supposed to do that. Hey, there's a hole. Here's a hose. It looks good to me, you know. (laughs) But we loved him. We rejoiced over him. And he's still a great, great part of our family. And and we love him even more today. Even though he didn't know the rules. even Even though he didn't know the danger that that caused. And I think that's a big, big part of our relationship with Christ. You're going to mess up because you know what? You don't know all the rules. I don't know all the rules. And even if we did, we don't agree what's the most important, right? And so the great, great thing today about if you're a follower of Christ is that your past is forgiven. And not only does God love you, and here's what I've had a hard time understanding. God likes you. You see, God created you. God formed you in the womb. And you are His masterpiece. And when God forms you, I think He just enjoys watching you. We just enjoy watching our kids, don't you? I mean, when they were young, we would walk in there when they were sound asleep and just, just watch the chest go up, watch the chest go down, watch the chest go up. Watch. 
And I'm thinking, I, this, this, is, this is great. And I think God takes great, great joy at just watching you be you. And the great news today is that, man, you are forgiven. And, and, and there are two systems involved here that you've got to understand. The first system is, is sin and death, all right? That's the world that you were born into. That's the world that, that you and I live in every single day. When you sin, there is death, all right? When you sin, there is death. Now, death does not mean end of existence. Death means end of relationship. So when you sin in your marriage and you, cut, and you commit adultery, what happens is the end of your marriage is about there, all right? Even if you don't separate, even if you don't divorce, there has been a separation between you and your spouse because you live in a system that when you sin, you die. And when you leave this world, you're, you're going to die, but you're not, going, you're not going to stop existing. Does that make sense? Your, your relationship with this world will end, and you will go into a relationship with a whole other world. And if you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going into a magnificent wonderful experience, a relationship with Jesus Christ. But if you deny Christ and you try to do it yourself and earn it and work at it and still live in the sin and death, you will leave this world and you will begin an existence in a relationship called hell. And there are two different systems. And when Jesus Christ entered the world, he brought a whole new system into being. And it's called life in the spirit. A whole new system. It's not an upgrade to sin and death. It's not an upgrade to that. It's a whole new system. When we go through Atlanta, we love riding through Atlanta. My kids love watching the airplanes. Have you ever watched just sitting there and watch an airplane? Isn't that amazing? And when I fly, I'm thinking, I'm in a chair flying through the air at 38,000 square feet. feet. Isn't that great? That's scary, right? Huge. And, 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 and because we know that there is a system at work called gravity. And what goes up has to come down, right? And I'm thinking, just, Lord, don't let it be now, right? But there's a whole other system at work when those huge planes take off. And I don't understand it and I can't explain, but it's called aerodynamics. And you get the right speed and the right wind, the right weight, man, that thing's going to take off. And it will overcome the system of gravity. And that's what the life in the spirit is. It's a brand new system. And it overcomes and it overshadows and it outperforms every time this system of sin and death. But you have to make a choice. Am I going to choose to live life in the spirit? Or am I going to choose to live in this world where I earn it, earn it, earn it, be good, be good, try to do enough things, try to give and earn it. And if you want to learn to walk in the life of the Spirit, the first thing you've got to recognize is that my past is forgiven. Second thing you've got to notice there is uh, in verses 5 through 8. Here it is. And here he goes and he's comparing these two systems. And you have a choice every single day, which system am I going to live in? For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. 
And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And so you have a a choice to make. And so the second thing today, that when you choose to walk in the Spirit, when you choose to do life in the Spirit every single day, and this is huge, my present problems can be managed. This is just giant. As I'm 40 now, woohoo! Great age. And some of you have commented on the gray hairs already. Thank you. And... uh, But the great thing that I've learned about maturity and growing up is that much of life is unmanageable. Much of life is unmanageable. And and if this church is anything like my church, uh, there are some control freaks in the house, right? Amen. We we are control freaks by nature. We want to have everything in order. We want to have everything in its place. And, and we are just control freaks by nature, trying to manage, control, function, and just have everything nice and neat. And, and, and that's us. And I read this story about an author. And if you're a parent, this is really, really good stuff. And it's a guy named Charlie Shedd. And he tells a story to himself. He said, before he had kids, he used to travel across the country teaching a lecture he called The Ten Commandments of Raising Perfect Kids. And that's before he had kids. All right? And he said, after he and Martha had their first child, he changed it to 10 hints for parents. Then after their second child, he he relabeled the lecture, a few tentative suggestions for fellow strugglers. (laughs) And then he said, after the arrival of the third child, he gave up speaking on the topic altogether. You know, isn't that about the truth? That's about the truth. That much of life is unmanageable. Um, I think it was March 25th. Um, and this is one of the reasons it's so good for Shelly and I to get away. And you don't understand what a godsend this is for us. On March 25th, we, uh, we live in Ashford. It's right outside of Dothan. Rain, just, it just poured down. It would not stop. Um, and in that day, March 25th, that Saturday, by 2 o'clock, we had five houses of members within our church whose houses were flooded. Uh, they got about eight inches into the house, and and I just remembered, I mean, it was just chaos, and just, you, you can imagine losing everything. And that morning, they were just sitting in their house, um, and, and she, the lady, one of the ladies made this comment. We were sitting there watching the water just rise, just rise, and just rise. And there was absolutely nothing we could do. And it just kept getting higher and higher. And eventually it just poured over into their windows, into their house. And the fire department already got them out. But it, but it just totally rocked their world about control, about management. And, and as you mature, I think one of the things you, you have to recognize, that much of life is unmanageable. And today, if, if you don't know that, my prayer is that this week, by Friday, you will know that. All right? People look at me in my old church and I go, don't do that to me. Amen? Please don't do that to me. But it's a great, great realization because you have to realize you can't do it. You can't. And I think if you're going to live life in the Spirit, there has to be a point, there has to be a place in your everyday journey, whether it's every morning, every day at lunch, you have to say, Lord, I can't but you can. 
And you allow the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave, is available to you every single day. And that ability to tap into that, that ability to tap into that every single day is crucial. And the foundation, and I'll say this, the foundation for salvation and the foundation for walking in the Spirit is I can't, but you can. See, before you become a believer, you have to come to a point, a place, and a time in your life where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. You're just tired And you're tired of doing life your way because when you do life your way, it leads to nothing but misery and pain and suffering. And you have to come to the point, Lord, I can't. But Jesus can. And a lot of us started out that way in accepting Christ. But Monday, we went right back to the old way, sin and death. I can earn it. I can perform. I can make God like me. And and, and we go right back into that routine And every single day, you have to say, if you're going to walk in the Spirit, Lord, I can, but you can. Back in December, we were, Jackson, our oldest, one of our oldest, had, he's got bad teeth, all right? He's just got teeth going everywhere, all right? And we knew he needed braces, and so the, of course, orthodontic smiled when we came in, you know? Yeah, he needs braces. You know, and this is like a two-step process, you know. And he told us how much it was going to cost. And, um, of course, I began to, how are we going to pay for it? I immediately jumped into this world. All right, I can do this. We can raise the money. We can borrow it. We can do this and that. And, and, but there was something in me that said, no, don't do that. Well, we have savings, and we've got this and that. And there was something in me that said, no, don't do that. And so I'm like, I don't know how we're going to pay for this, but we're going to begin to pray for it. And so me and Shelly kept talking about it. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And, and we just began to journal. We began to pray for it because God had, had convinced me, don't, don't take out a loan. Don't deplete your savings. You know, just, and I'm like, okay. And you know how control freaks are. How are we going to do this? You know, we get into mode and we're going to fix it, especially us guys. We're fixers, aren't we? That's right. We're going to fix it. But we started having a prayer journal. And um, we started, God, pray. We don't know how we're going to pay for this, but God, here it is. You know, we are your children. And you said that you would take care of us. And then last Friday, we got a, a, a letter from the Brace Place. We weren't expecting it. We didn't know what happened. Uh, but the letter said for Jackson to come in that his account had been paid in full. Someone had went by there and anonymously paid his bill in full. I'm going to tell you, that's awesome, folks. And I can't explain it any better than that. That walking according to the Spirit is listening to the inner promptings, the inner leading of the Holy Spirit as it guides you every single day. And when he says turn right, guess what? You, you turn right. When he says turn left, guess what? You turn left. When he says go straight, you go straight. When he says you you just need to wait, you just need to hang out here, you just need to wait, and you just need to hang out here. And so you become sensitive to, sensitive to the inner promptings and leading of the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you, that, that that is just a so much better way to live 
Because when you live that way, it says here that you will have life and you will have peace. I don't know about you, but that, that's enough for the price of the ticket, right? Peace. Life. That he's going to take care of us. That he's going to provide for us. And that's the great news about today, that you need to listen to the inner promptings, to the Holy Spirit as he's leading you, as he's guiding you, because the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is available to you every single day. Third thing that I want to say is, is found in verses 9 through 11. It says here, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If in fact... Woo, it's 9.15. Oh, all right. Just one more, all right? Hold on. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit whom dwells in you. And skip down to verse 13. And it says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now, I believe that that live, and I may be stretching it, means here, now, that I can have life, that I can have peace, but also believe that means hereafter. That if I choose to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior and, and let Him be Lord and listen to the inner promptings and directions that He gives every single day, then I will have life ever after. See, I believe in the eternal security of the believer. All right? And, and I believe in, in lordship salvation, that if you accept Christ, that at some point, at some time, he has to become Lord. All right? That means he's guiding you, he's directing you, he's, he's basically, you're doing life according to his plan, his purposes, his agenda. And here's what I think, that is, I think scripture bears, bears this out, that if at some point in life he doesn't become Lord, then I would seem to doubt your salvation. See, because when the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords comes into your heart, I want to tell you, there is change that's going to happen. There is change that's going to take place. There's something that's going to happen. There's something that's going to be different about you. And the great news that if you choose to walk in the Spirit, the great news, and that's your third point, is that my future can be secure. My future can be secure. I believe the Lord's coming back one day. I believe he's coming. I believe that one day he's going to part the eastern skies and it's going to surprise you. It's going to surprise me because no one really knows the times nor the seasons, but he's going to come. And the great thing that you and I need to know today is that when we choose to walk according to the Spirit, that my future is secure. I read these, these, these stories and these little kids were talking about heaven and we all have our conceptions about heaven and what we think it is. And here's some little some children that were writing sentences what they believed about death, what they believed about heaven. And Gilda, age eight, said, when you die, they put you in a box and bury you in the ground because you don't look too good. All right. All right. Stephanie, age nine, said, doctors help you so you won't die until you pay their bills. Amen. <laughs> yeah. And Marcia, age nine, said, when you die, you don't have to do your homework in heaven unless your teacher is there, too. 
Yeah. <laughs> and Raymond, age 10, said, A good doctor can help you so you won't die. A bad doctor sends you to heaven. All right? So there's all these kind of misconceptions about heaven. All these misconceptions. And all of us have, here's what it's going to be like. But there's two things that we know about heaven. One, it's a perfect place. All right? It, it is a perfect place. And, that, and that's great. There's no more sin. There's no more suffering. For some of you that have struggled through the issue of cancer, that there's no more cancer. Isn't that good? There's no more heart attacks. There's no more diabetes. There's no more crime. And one I'm very excited about, there's no more gossip. Amen? That's right. You know, when you, when you become youth minister, man, you're, that's the glory position. When you become pastor, man, that's like a target. Amen? And people target you and say all these weird, dumb things about you. They don't have a clue, you know? <laughs> don't have a clue. And you're like, where in the world did that come from, you know? And, uh, and so I'm just thankful there, there's not going to be more gossip. There'll just be truth. The truth will be known to everyone. It's a perfect place. And the thing that we know about heaven is that it's perfect, but also there's nothing imperfect allowed in. All right? Nothing imperfect allowed in. And so there's really two choices to doing life. I can choose to do it my way. I can work, 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 earn, 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 and live in that system of sin and death, sin and death. And let me tell you something, folks. You, you could be here, be in church all your life, but you're still, when you leave here, you're still living sin and death. You're still trying to perform, and you're going to walk out of here, man, God, God put a star by my name because I was in church today. Hello, you know? You know, sin and death, sin and death. I'm earning it. And when you sleep in late on one Sunday, well, God doesn't like you anymore, you know? And you're trying to perform. You're trying to earn it. You're trying to earn salvation through ritual, you know? And I think something in the Southern Baptist Convention, our rituals have become our idols. I mean, our rituals, the way that we do church, the way that we do music, the way that we do everything about it has become our idols. Or maybe we think we're Christians because of our, our parents. Oh, and I hear this all the time. Ooh, let me tell you about my mom. Let me tell you about my grandma. Ooh, she was a, ooh, she was a saint. She was a saint. And my response to that, that's great for your grandma. That's great for you. That's great for your mom. But when it comes to you, so what? What about you? What decision have you made? Are you going to walk in, in the flesh? Or are you going to walk in the spirit? There are others that try to earn it through uh, traditions and rituals and, and service. I, I've heard a lot of people try to do it through service. Well, I've done this. I did this. I did this. And, ooh, I gave this much money. I heard Warren Buffett say, hey, I gave $40 billion to the richest man in the world. Woohoo! I'm special, you know. And, and there are more ways to heaven. Well, let me tell you something. $40 billion is not going to buy your way into heaven. It's a perfect place. There are others here today, you do it by comparison. Well, I'm better than so-and-so. Well, you just look at so-and-so right down the street. I'm better than them. I'm going to go ahead and give you this one. You're probably better than me. Amen? I know you're better than me. And my favorite one when it comes to comparisons, well, I'm better than Hitler. You know, 
you know. I'm like, what the heck, you know, so what, you know. The issue is not that you compare yourself to other people. The issue is that you compare yourself to a holy God. And every time you compare yourself to a holy God, let me tell you something, you fall short. You fall short. And so you have a choice. I can choose to do life according to the flesh where there's sin, death. Sin, death. Or I can choose to do life in the spirit in the, where I listen to the inner promptings, where I listen to the leadings of the Holy Spirit and I'm obedient to whatever He calls me to do, wherever He leads me to go. Every single day, I'm obedient to that. And this morning, some of you are in that place, in that position. You're, you're here, but you're still in sin and death, and you feel it. You're just condemned. There's all of this pressure. There's all of these issues. There's all of this junk. And today, God wants to release you from that, to set you free to walk and to do life in the Spirit. Today, there's two things I want to say. First of all, if you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior today, why not let that be the day? Why not let today be the day of salvation where you're just sick and tired of doing life your way? I mean, it's led you nothing but misery and pain and suffering. And you acknowledge that you're a sinner and you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then secondly, there's some of you here today, you know you're saved, but you're still in the performance arena. You're still, hey, one day God puts a star by my name, the next day He takes it away. Hey, why don't you come out of that system today? Why don't you say, you know what, I'm saved, but I am going to start to live life in the Spirit so that you can have life and so that you can have peace. Let's pray.